Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Without saying what you mean. Oh, God, that was cheesy. Monday, you can fall apart. Tuesday, Wednesday, break my heart. Thursday doesn't even. I had this guy leave me a voicemail at work, so I called him at home. And then he emailed me to my Blackberry, and so I texted to his cell. And now you just have to go around checking all these different portals just to get rejected by seven different technologies. It's exhausting. Welcome back, Carrie Sliving. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back, kids. VL movie breakdown night again tonight. Last one before we get into our next TV show. Tonight, we are doing He's Just Not That Into You. Is it a team movie? No, it's not a team movie at all. But I think the reason we're doing this is because of just the solid, solid advice that this movie provides for all the kids out there, all the teen kids. This movie is a guide, and we're going to get after it. Tonight on the pod, third time guest coming on, Megan O. Let's call her. Hi. Hey, Megan. How's it going? Welcome onto the podcast. Um <laughs> Megan, this is your third time on the podcast. Are you excited to be on Tell Me Yes? Yeah, yeah, totally. We're doing He's Just Not That Into You, which you've been, we've both been very excited to do for a while, as it's like one of the most important chick flicks ever made. (laughs) So before we get into it, I forgot, let's play your intro music. Here it is. Oh, and I also forgot housekeeping, contact information. Pat is in here, so I'll give it by Carrie's Living Pod at gmail.com. By Carrie's Living Podcast on Instagram and on Instagram. Get at us if you want the swag. $30 on the baseball tees, $20 on the tanks, $40 on the hooded sweatshirt. Still waiting for Megan you to purchase one of those. But I feel like it's coming soon. Yep. Sure. <laughs> All right. He's just not that into you. Not a teen movie. We decided to do it anyways because I feel like this movie is just, it's advice for the kids. Perfect. Nonstop tips for the kids. Oh my God. Wait, what year were you in high school? Were you in high school in 2009 so, when this came out? Yeah. So I've, I've thought about this and um, yeah, I probably first saw the movie. I don't know if I saw it in theaters or not, but I was either a junior or senior in high school. And I loved it at the time, like instantly one of my favorites, but 
it didn't help me. <laughs> like I did, I I didn't take the concepts to heart. It's weird because I feel like when we first started hanging out, I remember like one of the first times that I was in New Jersey hanging out with you, and we were at a bar, and I know that I must have quoted Justin Long in this movie at least 13 times in that dinner conversation with you because you were like currently messing around with a dude and like trying to figure out like what's going on in the gameplay phase. And I feel like I didn't even have, I was just reciting verbatim like Justin Long quotes from this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously it didn't really stick or I didn't think that the lessons learned from the movie like applied to me. Which is, yeah, yeah. I feel like um, a problem that many girls go through. <clears throat> yeah, so kids, don't be like Megan. Actually, know that this advice <laughs> does relate to you. And all the, I swear, I'm gonna play like 30 clips tonight of Justin Long just giving advice because his advice is so fucking awesome. It does actually feel a lot like like Gigi's and like Justin's advice does feel a lot like when we like chat about like my dude issues because it's like very it's very similar it's just yeah usually telling me to just like fuck off because like the guys are just like not into me yeah i I, the thing well i don't think i'm that aggressive with it but what i will say is it's fitting because just like I like to live vicariously through the teens, I love nothing better than living vicariously through people in the gameplay phase of relationships. Like I've been married for a while. I've been in a relationship for a long time. I don't live non vicariously in the game anymore. So like when people are in it, I just get so jacked. Yeah. So that's how it happens. Um, Okay. I'm just going to go through like, Here's the thing on this movie. It is based on a book by Greg Bayrent. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. And Liz Tuccio. <laughs> Tuccio? I don't know. You butchered that. Do you know their, Do you know how to pronounce them? No. Oh, okay. Well, it's based on a 2004 book, and it was made in 2007, directed by Ken Quapis, another name I don't know how to pronounce. Well, do you know what the book is based off of? You should. Yeah, it's just a 2004 like self-help book, and no, but the book the book is based off of Sex and the City. I don't know when it was filmed, actually, because um, it was in the later season, so it was probably around the time the book came out. But I am pretty sure that. The episode happened first where there's like this one episode that uh, yeah, the girls yeah. are chatting. You can find it on YouTube, the clip, and um, the one character, Burger, who's Carrie's boyfriend, is like analyzing their girl talk and is like, uh, if you want a guy's take, here it is. He's just not that into you. And the girls are like flabbergasted about the fact that this guy is just feeding them bullshit to get out of doing something because he's just not that into them so i didn't realize it until i watched sex in the city recently Uh, yeah so i was gonna ask you for a clarifier on that because i know you watch sex in the city so i'm glad that you cleared that up because that was going to be my question was was it based on the sex in the city or the other way around and then how did it happen in the episode and 
I'm kind of glad to hear that that's how it happened, where it's just a guy coming up, listening to girls who are just feeding the beast of like, oh, no, it could be this reason why he's not getting back to you. Or no, I know a guy and like a girl who they went through that. He didn't call her for like five months and now they're married. And then a guy just came up and he's like, yeah, no, he's not into you. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly how it happens. And what's more, which I didn't realize for many years until I was just rewatching Sex in the City recently, was that the early seasons of Sex in the City, like the first season and then maybe like a couple episodes of the second when it got going, the style of the show is actually the same as what the movie He's Just Not That Into You is, where there's the episodes and at the time Carrie would like talk directly to the camera um, which stopped towards the middle of the second season but they would have like these little ITM clips of random characters of people in the city talking about their experiences going on dates and stuff and it's in the same style as the way that he's just that that into you is where they have those like little in the moments with the, the random kind of people giving their takes. So that was, I think, that the movie was based on those early Sex in the City scenes. Which, I gotta say, the, I'm not gonna play a clip later on about any of those, like, ITMs in the moments, but I just wanna play one now of those two black girls when they're sitting there giving theirs, because I honestly thought that was the best ITM. Here it is. We've both been dumped by every man we've ever been with. Everyone. Yeah. But they, they do it so so skillfully. Mm-hmm. So they just so sneaky. Yeah. That you think it was your idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you're sitting back and you're like, oh, 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 yeah, that's my idea. But wait a second, why am I alone? Why am I unhappy? Why have I gained 20 pounds? Mm-hmm. They Jedi mind trick you. Yes, they you do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they do a soft pass. Yeah, yeah. They got little lines they like to tell you. Yeah, like, oh, I, I don't want to stand in your way. Oh, oh, or you're perfect. It's just I have to work on myself. Right, right. I'm just thinking of your happiness. Oh, I don't deserve you. That's my favorite oh, one. Really? You know what I like and what mm. I don't like? Mm. I am so jealous of the guy who gets to marry you. Well, that could have been you. Yeah. That's what I was leaning towards. Yeah. My favorite line of that whole thing is when lady goes, and then a guy will say to you, like, I'm so jealous of the guy that ends up with you. And then she's like, that, that could be you. It's so easily. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? That just could be you. What are you jealous of that guy for? Um, okay. Yeah, I think, I think my favorite ITM, I think it was probably the last one of like the older woman who said that she'd been cheated on three times, but the best like cheater of all time was her who uh cheated on all of them and never got caught (laughs) yeah that lady was fucking ruthless yeah that was amazing yeah those itms i do like that that's a good little nugget by you on sex in the city because honestly sex in the city is one of the rare lady shows that i will just never physically watch it's it's on my mount rushmore because usually i can watch all lady shows bachelor vanderpump these are like in my top hits but my Mount Rushmore of just I don't think a dude can physically watch if he has a dick is Sex in the City, 90 Day Fiance, and then like uh, Say Yes to the Dress. Fuck that. Could never watch that bullshit. I'm trying to yeah, think of a I fourth. Think, I think Sex in the City, I don't know. It has like a lot of nuggets that you would like about it, about just like dating and patterns and everything. Um 
one of the things in that clip uh, from Sex in the City that I rewatched was that I think Carrie said that uh, people have made careers out of deciphering mixed messages, which is just like a hundred percent the truth. Which is, that's interesting because this whole movie, I feel like is built on that whole premise of like subtext and like what is really going on underneath of like the shit that's actually coming out of people's mouths. So it's kind of similar in Sex and the City. But okay, let's let's just guess some Rotten Tomatoes quick. I haven't looked this up. You have your phone on you. Can you look up what the Rotten Tomatoes is on He's Just Not That Into You? And when you while you're doing it, just make your quick guess before you see it. What do you think it is? Oh, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 65. There's no fucking way. I, I'm gonna say 34. percent There's no way it's as high as 65. I I feel like oh, this movie 65 got 65 is high. <laughs> no, I don't. No, 65 isn't high. I just feel like there's no way this movie got that high. Okay. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah. The tomato meter is 41% and the audience score is 59%. Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds about right. (laughs) That makes sense. I'm actually shocked it's not a little lower by the critics and not a little higher by the audience because anyone I've ever talked to who's seen this movie, and granted, I've only talked to girls about this, but I feel like girls that I've talked to all love this movie. I don't know. I don't know like who, what girls I've talked to about it. I know I love it, (laughs) but I feel like maybe at the time just got passed off as like just a regular chick movie. Way to have your pulse on Lady Nation, Megan. Way to go. (laughs) Really fucking pulsing the ladies. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) This is why we have you on. It's because you're not a dude. Um, okay, are you ready to get into a player breakdown? A lot of characters to go through in this movie, Megan. Okay, there's nine characters in this movie, main characters that are all huge names. So there's no, usually we go through deep dive each character, but there's just no way we're going to physically be able to do it. So I wrote. Yeah, and I'll say, like, this movie, I feel like was the the impetus to that movie, Valentine's Day. Remember that? It became. Fart noise. Two years later, and it was the same concept of all these intertwined characters in a chick flick. But that movie sucked. Yeah, this was a phenomenal movie. So, I think they did that for like a five-year stretch where a studio would just get like ten really big-name actors, pay all their insane salaries, but then the actual production budget was super low. They're just paying for the actors, paying for the names, and and usually they have to be like drama, like rom-coms too. They have to be like romantic movies. But okay, let's go through these really quick. Jennifer Goodwin or Jennifer Goodwin. She spells it weird. She's the title character, the main person. Uh, I don't, I wrote down, she's in a bunch of TV shows like once upon a time, big love. She has small roles in walk the line and, uh, win a date with Tad Hamilton. Oh, Fucking love that movie. Line. 
No, walk the line. Oh, I thought you meant win a date with Tammy. Yeah, she's a super uh, unlikable character in Walk the Line, but Walk the Line is one of my favorite movies. Um, But I do feel like Jennifer Goodwin is not a name you'd recognize, but it's a face that you would recognize. I agree with that. My only fun fact with her is 12th Cousins with Prince William and Prince Harry. Oh, wow. So we have some royalty on this movie. Probably the first royalty that we've had on this VL podcast. So I just thought that that was exciting. So that's it on her. Okay, next one. Again, quick hitters. Jennifer Aniston. We all know who that is. I'm just going to list my favorite movies of Jennifer Aniston. Because she's been in a million. What do you think about these two as my favorites? One, Office Space. I never saw it fully. It's been on TV a million times, and I've never sat down and watched it. I'm so sorry. I've never been more disgusted by you. Second one is Horrible Bosses. I just love when she's playing like a super sex-addicted, crazy MILF dentist. Yeah. (laughs) That was an awesome role Um, and movie. Fun fact. My one fun fact on her is that she got her role on Friends because she was working at a gas station, met an NBC executive at the gas pump, and he was just like, oh, you want to be an actress? Like, okay, well, you. I know right now at NBC where I work, there's this show called Friends that they're starting up. You should go out and like audition for it. And what? Yeah. And that's how she auditioned and then got that role. I feel like I've watched the E! True Hollywood story on this, and I've always thought that she was on a different um, sitcom that got canceled really quickly, and then she just moved over to Friends. Maybe she was on that sitcom. and she... Your story's better. <laughs> yeah. So, only thing I really... I love Jennifer Aniston, but she... Okay, my one thing about Jennifer Hanson, I'm sorry, this is off topic, but she never does a different hairstyle. She knows her strengths, Mm -hmm. I guess, which is her hair, but God, just do an updo sometimes, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. It's always the same thing. It's like straight and it's down. Yep. I mean, I'm not too good with like hairstyles on ladies and stuff, but I know (laughs) that like besides what her most, which is weird because you'd think... What she's probably her hair that she's most famous for is the Rachel, which she like made every single middle aged woman get that haircut in 1994. They were were 30 at the time. I know, but I feel like it was mostly like moms that were doing it. Like, I feel like my mom, when she was in 1994, got the Rachel. And at that point, at the time, probably like late 30s okay yeah that's mom status that's mom status so my only other thing my only other question to you is are her and brad pitt the most dominant celebrity couple in human history no hyperbole there yes (laughs) (laughs) uh only up to be upstaged by Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I know. I know. It's like, God, he could only go like there weren't many notches. He could go above Jennifer Aniston and he found like the one notch above. I feel like I'd be team Jen on that. Oh, yeah. I don't because he was still married to Jen when he filmed Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So something's amiss. 
Yep. He was covered in broken glass. That's what I say when he was doing that. Uh, this one's going to be very quick. The third one, Jennifer Connelly. I wrote down two things on her. One, eyebrows. Her eyebrows are out of control. Really? I didn't even notice. Yeah. We clock eyebrows here on this Vicarious Living podcast. Pat is like an eyebrow connoisseur. He's like always clocking eyebrows. And then the only thing I wrote about her is nothing fun or interesting about her, even when I looked online. But I love her in A Beautiful Mind. She's amazing in that movie. And she won an Oscar for that. Little fun fact about A Beautiful Mind um, and John Nash is that my great aunt um, knew him. She worked in the the nursing home that he would come into. What did she say about him? She said that he was just like a little bit odd. Like he would come in and he would walk in and walk like right next to the wall and just kind of like ignore everybody and just like... Wasn't he weird with like eye contact and human interaction kind of thing? I, yeah, I think that was like part of it. That yeah. That's a great movie. It. That's just a great movie. Bradley Cooper, fourth character. God, this movie is just stacked. So my two favorite Bradley Cooper movies, one, Silver Linings Playbook. I'm obsessed with that fucking movie. Love it. Him and uh, Jennifer Lawrence just have insane chemistry. I love Jennifer Lawrence and especially, I've I've always loved the movie, but everyone that I went to college with because I went to college in Philly was like even more obsessed with it than I was because it is based in Philly. So everyone just like felt super personally attached to it. But that being said, it is an amazing film and I love Bradley Cooper. I love Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, yeah, the film is so good and I like calling it a film like you did there. I think that's the right move. Mm. Don't call it a movie. Naturally. (laughs) My second favorite movie that he is in. I love him in American sniper. I hate the fucking ending. I know it's based on a true story, but I wish they just, zagged at the end a little bit but he is I so good in that it, but i kind of forget the whole thing so <laughs> he put on like 40 pounds for that movie he just like embodied chris kyle like perfectly if you ever see any interviews of him he's also uh i mean obviously wedding crashers which is oh sack master great. yeah this is sack master yeah. He's amazing in that. He it was funny because at the time of Wedding Crashers, he was he hadn't made it yet. He wasn't Bradley Cooper. Right. It really wasn't until The Hangover that in two thousand nine or eight that everyone realized like, oh shit, this is a hot ass leading man. Fuck. Yeah, and he's also like he's too good at playing an asshole, which I, I guess that's what makes him so great in, in these types of movies. But it's upsetting to watch. I think he's a really nice guy though. That's my vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From what I know about him personally, he's cool. (laughs) Okay. Again, quick. Ben Affleck is next. My Ben Affleck favorite two movies. I have two that are classics, Good Will Hunting and The Town. Those are unreal, obviously. And then I have two super underrated ones that I feel like everyone needs to see that are just awesome as fuck. Hollywoodland. Have you ever seen that? No. It's based on the real life story of George Reeves, who was the original Superman in like the 60s on TV. It's okay. so good. He got he was murdered and they never oh. totally figured out. They never totally solved. I haven't even heard of this movie, but I it seems like yeah. a movie that I'd be really into. 
and it's so good. He it just watch it. You'll love it because it it, oh, okay. it involves crime and you love murder mystery shows too. So you'll oh, like it. Fuck yeah. And then the second one, super underrated, The Company Men. You've not I doubt you've ever heard of that, but it's also just underrated good. No. Um I I'm actually I'm not a huge Ben Affleck fan. I feel really? like the one that I can think of off the top of my head that he was in that I liked was Argo, which he like won best director. Yeah. Or best for. no best movie. He didn't win best director. Best. He, he won best movie. Right. He was like snubbed, but he won best movie. That was a great movie. I'm surprised because I feel like he's a hot hunk of man meat that is like right up your alley. He's like six two, tall, dark, and handsome, big hunk of meat. Um, is it because he's got like a square face? Don't you like more of like a pointed? No, it's not. It's not to do with pointiness. It's he does actually have a longer face, like a long, skinny face. But I feel like he's just past the age of like what I would be interested in, like my age group. I don't know. He like just missed it. No, I feel like you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. No less than two days ago, you were saying that you feel like you need to be with an old dude. <laughs> so something's uh, amiss. This is, a, this is a recent realization. Okay. I didn't have time to go look up. Well, ben you need Affleck to recently then realize that Ben Affleck is a fucking hot dude. No, he is. He is. Okay, next one. Again, so many. Drew Barrymore. This one's got to be quick. I love her in E.T. and Scream, and honestly, every other movie she's in is pure fucking garbage. Yeah. Oh, my God. I said it. I thought you were going to say every other movie she's in is fantastic because... No, everything's bad. (laughs) My favorites, besides he's just not that into you, is um, Never Been Kissed. Oh, we're going to do that on the pod at some point, but that's going to be like a comically bad movie to do. How dare you? Um, And Fifty First Dates. I'm just going to pretend you didn't say that. That movie's so bad. With the exception of Rudy, who plays her brother, that movie's garbage. And he's got a lisp. He loves to work out. Yeah, I've seen it. He wears a penny, like a, a football penny the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, he wears like a half tee football jersey penny. <laughs> He's like Mash. Japan and like wears short shorts. And I don't know what the creative decision was to give him a lisp in that movie, but all I know is like it was Phenomenal. the right decision. <laughs> yeah, it was like the right creative choice. Okay, Justin Long. My thing on Justin Long is I hated him tremendously. Whenever he came to Hollywood to about 2008, and then he was in a super, super small movie with the this tiny role where he played a gay actor, and it's Zach and Miri make a porno, a Seth Rogen movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm going to play a clip right now of Justin Long in that movie because he's hilarious. I'm an actor. Wow. That's really impressive. Thank you. Thank you. In fucking movies? Fucking movies. Pretty much. Look at you. What? Anything I've seen? What What movies? Oh, all sorts of movies with all-male casts. All-male casts? Like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Like that? Like Glenn and Gary suck Ross's meaty cock and drop their hairy nuts in his eager mouth. Is that like a sequel? Sort of. 
to reimagining. Oh, like the Wiz. More erotic and with less women. No women, to be exact. I apologize in advance if I am out of line here, but are you in gay porn? Guilty as charged. Are you fucking with me? I thought you recognized me at first, that's why. Oh, okay, I get it. You're not my demographic, so I'm not insulted. Not really. Who's your demographic? Do you love pussy? I do. Then not you. Oh, okay. I don't think he could play that character now in 2020 because everyone's so fucking woke. But like him playing an over-exaggerated gay guy in 2009 in this movie is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I could see that. I'm just going to... kind s- of fits that, that bill. He's interesting, especially in this movie, because um, I feel like he has so much game in this movie that doesn't come across in any other movie that he's in. And... Like looking at him in this movie, I'm like so into him. But I'm I know that it only exists in this movie and every other movie he's in. I feel like he's just like kind of a little bit nerdy. It's interesting that you say all that about Justin Long because I feel like for ladies, personality comes into play so much more than it does in the reverse for guys on girls on like the is he hot spectrum because like you said just in watching him in this movie do you actually think he's like hot and attractive just because he plays that because I don't think he's that in real life and he clearly doesn't play that in any other movie if he had a completely different personality in this movie like it would only come across as oh like kind of a cute guy at most but it you're right it a hundred percent has to do with personality so and confidence. I, I actually always say this about guys is that like it's all dependent on how much confidence you have is is how much game and like what kind of girls you can get. It's a hundred percent of like how how much confidence you have. God, good tip for the kids. We've talked about that a bunch before, but even if you don't have confidence, kids, just fucking fake it. Fucking fake yeah. it. It's so fake important. Fake it until you make it, but not not too much. <laughs> don't act like you don't have your shit together and don't be pathetic. And then like, as soon as you go home, just like cry and be pathetic as fuck. It doesn't matter. But like when you're with females, kids just fake, like you're, you're cool. You're just cool. Like let's shit roll off of you. Okay. Last two Scarlett Johansson. First thing I wrote on her, she's on my Mount Rushmore of most attractive females in human history Mm. fuck she is perfect everywhere she's as hot as you could be as a yeah as a lady i just don't love her i don't know for some reason i have some sort of like thing that i hold against her i just like i've never really loved her in movies i don't love her in this movie Oh, she sucks in this movie. <laughs> She's a horrible oh, yeah. human being in this movie. <laughs> She's a horrible human being in this movie. But just from a looks perspective, she has uh, her body is flawless she, for a yeah. dude. Like perfect boobs, perfect ass. She, well, she had a boob job. What? No, I've 100%. seen her. Bo- no, I've seen her boobs. She's been nude a few times. They're real. Unless she got it very recently. Are you saying very... Like a a long time ago. 
No, like, look it up. Look it up. Movie. Look it up. Right. Look her up in under under the skin right now. Those are real oh. boobs. I'm pretty sure I remember. Those she oh, doesn't. Yeah, this is false. Wait. This is false. Look her up in under the skin. Okay, all I'm finding is that she had a breast reduction. No, 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 Megan. Go into Google Images. No, 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 no. hold on, hold on. You go to Google Images, you type Scarlett Johansson nude under the skin. This is simple 101 stuff. All right, Scarjo <laughs> under the skin. Scar- Fine. She went full frontal in that movie. Wild stuff. Okay. Those are real boobs. I swear she had something done. That movie's only a couple years old, and those are real boobs without even like a lift. All right. Maybe it was a tabloid fodder that you saw. I swear, like. Can you? I remember it like from years. Oh, she got a nose job. Maybe that's okay. What I could see that. Now we're on the same page. Because those were real boobs. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Very quick fun fact on her. In 2008, for this movie premiere, he's just not that into you, a UK bidder bid on eBay to benefit Oxfam. He bid 20 million pounds. To spend 20 minutes with her at this movie premiere. Scarjo? Yeah. In 2000, in that time frame, I was in London at that time studying abroad. And I know that the exchange rate was close to two to one. So essentially, he paid $40 million to spend 20 minutes with her. That is $2 million a minute. If my math is correct. See, that is not healthy that is fucked up there's no way that guy is not does not need like help yeah and the only other thing i wrote is that she is now uh engaged to colin jost who is one of the weekend update guys on snl for a dude i just want to say it's it's awesome that you're getting with scarlett johansson but it's tough if you're looking at her past boyfriends it's tough because you're going up against the likes of josh hartnett one of the hottest dudes of all time benicio del toro and she was married to ryan reynolds 2011's sexiest man alive oh fuck i forgot about that yeah so like if you're colin jost that's a tough like history there you go i mean colin jost is a good looking guy but it all has to do with personality. Goddamn. Like, if you're... Think about it. You're Colin Jost and you're having sex with her and all I'd be thinking about is like, God, you were probably getting fucked by Ryan Reynolds so much better than you're getting fucked right now by me, the comedy guy on SNL. <laughs> you're probably not wrong about that. <laughs> but then, yeah, you are having sex with Scarlett Johansson, so whatever. Okay, last character, and then promise this is last, but God, this movie had so many. Last main character is Kevin Connolly, a.k.a. E from Entourage. I fucking hate him. I think he's the worst actor of all time. And I wrote that 
he's just got a little man syndrome, Napoleon complex, because he's only 5'5", and in like entourage, he's always like trying to play like, I'll beat your ass, or like a badass. It's just like, dude, Kevin Connolly, E, you're a little bitch. He's 5'5", listed, which means he's probably coming in at 5'3", or 5'4". That's so short. I know. He he was in the notebook. That's all I uh, I yeah. never saw Entourage. The only thing I can name him in, other than he's just not that into you, is the notebook. And he died in the middle. So that's all you need to know. Good. I wish he died in this movie. I mean, how pathetic was it? <laughs> how pathetic was he in this movie? Honest question. Yeah. Last thing we'll say on the characters. Honest question. I know Gigi, who is Jennifer Goodwin, the the main lead girl in this movie. I know she was supposed to be the most pathetic person in this movie. Obviously, that's she's pathetic. She can't get it right with any dudes. But in your opinion, do you think that she is actually less pathetic in this movie, though, than E with Scarlett Johansson? A hundred percent. I think we're going to differ probably in our opinions because I actually like Gigi. But yeah. Uh, Kevin Connolly in this movie is just really sad and like he doesn't know it but he is to your previous point about like confidence E in this movie has none yeah it's gross it's so gross I mean if you were on a date or like hanging out with Scarlett Johansson and she's actually in the meantime hooking up with Bradley Cooper behind your back are you, do you have a lot of self-esteem? No. No. I don't have a lot of self-esteem if I'm the worst actor in, in human history, which is him. So, yeah. It'd be low if I were him. <laughs> you, like, even if Scarlett Johansson or, like, any girl isn't hooking up with Bradley Cooper, a guy, like, of that... Ilk? Would just <laughs> constantly think that... She is going behind his back, dating someone uh, of caliber um, equal to Bradley Cooper. Take a sip of wine. Is that what you're doing? No, I'm grabbing another Milano cookie. Oh, okay. Fuck you. Okay. (laughs) I thought you're. I agree, a hundred percent. Fuck you in this movie. I hate him. Honestly, it's the most miscast role I've ever seen. Why is he cast in this role? I get he has to seem like a little bitch, but you could do that by getting a guy who's over 5'4". I just, I have a massive issue with, with height in movies. Like, it, it's it's a theme on this podcast. Like, it drives me crazy. I can't stand it. Like, I just, I'll never get over height decisions on casting. Harry Potter, why is he 5'1"? I, I just, I'll never get over it. Hermione is fucking towering over the fucking guy who's supposed to take down Voldemort. Make him tall and lanky. That's simple shit. Look at J.K. Rowling's fucking illustrations. He's tall and lanky. It's easy to do. You can't cast fucking Radcliffe. It's stuff like that. What? I understand where you're coming from. I know you do because you're you're. This is your number one thing. (laughs) Okay, is it time? Let's get off the characters. Let's transition into the movie. With a song, Are You Ready, Megan, for that transition? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool.
This Must Be The Place by Talking Heads. It's a fucking unreal song. They didn't really play that many songs in this movie, but this song is fucking amazing. So good. So good. I love it. Um, okay, I'm going to start off our movie breakdown with a clip. It's to set up this movie, and it's like, I think it's girls say to other girls why the guy isn't into them. Here it is. Here's the problem. He likes you too much. You're too pretty and too awesome. <laughs> yeah. He can't handle it. I'm sure he just lost your number. <laughs> he's not asking you out because he's intimidated by your professional success. Trust me, it's because he's just getting out of a serious relationship. Trust me, it's because he's never had a serious relationship. You would know better than me. Is this how girl conversations happen when you're hashing out, like, if a guy's into you or not? Yes. So it's just constant positive, like, affirmation? affirmation. Yeah. yeah, it's just Yeah, that. I would say for the most part, I mean, nobody wants to come off as, like, an, a pessimistic asshole who's just, like, if there's, like, a girl who is telling you she's just, like, into this guy and she doesn't know if it's, like a viable option or not, or if he's feeling it too, there is no game to me to tell that girl to just like move on because he, he can't be interested in her. There's no personal gain to me doing that. That just makes me look like an asshole for telling her to fuck off basically. Which is weird because I feel like my friends and I, we've had a lot of conversations when we were in the phase where we were all trying to like date girls and stuff. And we have analyzed, and again, I don't know if this is all dudes, but my friends and myself have done a lot of analytics on like analyzing text like to the fucking T to like the minute that we respond back to the girl. We've done a lot of the same analytics, but I feel like it's just, it's less positive affirmation talk and it's more just like okay let's realistically assess the situation and where we're at what did she do what exactly did she say what did you say and let's assess where we're at so we can solve it and figure out what you need to say in response is are we down like are we behind the eight ball right now or are we ahead but like i feel like with girls in this movie at least it makes it feel like you're just getting the worst advice of all time because it has to be positive. Yeah. So what I'll say is that there are definitely times in this movie where I look at like the Jennifer Connelly character and think that she's like a total idiot for the, like the advice that she tries to give Gigi about her various dates that she goes on. I'm just like trying to like, yes, man her. But for girls I think it's dependent on like what stage you're in of like the gameplay with the guy so in the early stages I feel like it's just a fun thing to think about and that alone just like kind of keeps the bullshit affirmation going is the point that they're going to be offended or you just think there's no win there's no win for me by not being anything but positive I, yeah, I think it's mostly that there's very little win. Most of the time, the girl needs to play it out herself to learn the hard way. God, I feel like this is like you too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like I've said so many things to you 
that you never listened to me and then like you live it it plays out exactly like i said it was going to and then it's like okay now i get it because i've lived it right right so i mean probably the next time you'll be a lot less susceptible to getting like fucked over by a guy but still in those early stages there's still that kind of like bullshit affirmation going on so i don't know yeah yeah um, in this movie, I just started out where the first fucking scene we get is amazing because it's like right off the bat, you're indoctrinated into what I called the rules of attraction four person power totem pole where, okay, imagine a totem pole right now. We're introduced to four characters. You have the very bottom rung of the totem pole. It's Gigi. She's at the fucking lowest rung in this first scene. Pure desperation will literally fuck anyone with a pulse. She's She goes on a date with E, a.k.a. the worst actor of all time from Entourage. She goes on a date with Kevin Connolly, and she's like desperate as fuck trying to get with him. The next rung up is E, who he's slightly above Gigi on this totem pole because he's not as desperate. Like He has power over the desperate girl, but at the end of the day... He can't get with Scarlett Johansson. He's not like at her level. He's just one notch above the fucking desperate chick. Then you go to a scene with E where as soon as he gets off a date with Gigi, he's calling Scarlett Johansson like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Like, yeah, I just went on this date with this like chick, but I would love to meet up with you. Like, and then you get the sense of like, okay, third level on this totem pole is fucking Scarlett Johansson. Who's like fucking hot. And it's like, I have no fucking time for you, E. I don't care that you're fucking around with desperate chicks. I'm hot. I have no time for this. And then you have the highest level on this totem pole, which is fucking Bradley Cooper, who Scarlett Johansson's trying to get with, who he's got like built in broken glass taboo on him. And he's hot as fuck. 6'2", Bradley Cooper, piercing ice blue eyes. But he's like, he can't get with Scarlett Johansson because he's married. So that is like the final rung on this like power dynamic rules of attraction totem pole, which is the very top Bradley Cooper can't physically get with ScarJo. He's unattainable. He's unattainable. How do you feel about that? Um, That's interesting because I never thought about it in kind of like a hierarchy of desperation. That's exactly what it is. I've always just looked at it as just like all of the stories kind of intertwined. And I I more look at, look at it as there's some winners and there's some losers in this game. I don't look at it kind of as who's more desperate than the other because I feel like some of the desperate people actually end up like happy. What's, what's great about this movie is that there are a lot of different dynamics going on and it's not just black and white. There's like a little bit yeah. of like complexity yeah. to each of the relationships and the stories. So it's not so clear kind of. I agree. Yeah. I agree I mean, with that. I love, but I like your point. I like your point though about the gray area because I think that is true as fuck. I think this movie like taps into like the gray area of all these different dynamics, like perfectly of like, the gray area of people who are in committed relationships, the gray area of people who are in the gameplay phase, the gray area of people who 
are in relationships but want to be out of them, like Bradley Cooper. I think it's a gray area movie, and I do like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just go immediately into Justin Long. He's a bar owner slash bartender. I think he's the manager. He sees Gigi at who comes into the bar, but he's tending the bar because they're understaffed, and they're having a conversation, and he finds out that she's dealing with shit, and she's coming in and just literally talking anyone's ear off, and this is his initial advice to her. Or maybe you just didn't call because he has no interest in seeing you again. But my friend Terry once went out with a guy who never called. She totally wrote him off. Over a year goes by. Right. And she ran into him, and it ended up that they... Yo, your friend Terry's an idiot, and she's also the exception, by the way. The rare exception. Okay, okay. But what if I'm the exception? No, you're not. You're not at all. In fact, you're the rule. And the rule is this. If a guy doesn't call you, he doesn't want to call you. Really? Yeah. Always. Yeah, always. Look, I know what blowing off a woman looks like, okay? I do it early. I do it often. So trust me when I say, if a guy is treating you like he doesn't give a shit, he genuinely doesn't give a shit. No exceptions. Oh my I mean, God. That's, that's the whole, that's the thesis statement of the movie is the idea of the exception versus the rule. I feel like this probably happens so much where these conversations of like, oh no, 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 no. Hey, no. I know a girl, my best friend, and this guy, he had been fucking around on her, cheating on her constantly, but then like three years later came back to him. Now they're happily married, have three kids. And I feel like those exceptions are what like get passed around constantly. I also think that honestly, the exceptions have been like normalized in movies and tv so yeah. there's only ever movies about the exception like of of you know long lost lovers or whatever there's ne- there's never like a movie about like two people who just like break up at the end and then they just move on so yeah um at this point in the movie i just want to get into scarlett johansson and oh scarlett johansson and bradley cooper She's like making a run at him and she tries a couple times because she's getting that garbage advice from that we just talked about. She's getting a Drew Barrymore about Drew like Barrymore has the worst advice in this movie. Like she's it's such the worst. a ditzy bad friend. Yeah. Starts explaining about how she like had this one friend who met this guy and she got married and then like she met the love of her life but she unfortunately was already married like how unfortunate (laughs) yes that is exactly what we're talking about there are (laughs) that is the exception though the exception is that one person you know who got married and then he happened to just find the love of his life think about it in bachelor terms think about it in bachelor terms how many bachelor seasons have we watched lots infinite there's been like (laughs) there's been like 25 bachelor seasons there's only been fucking one or two of like the 30 bachelor seasons where the guy chose someone and then he realized after he chose them and was with them for a little while that he made a mistake and actually the love of his life 
was like another contestant, the runner up or third girl or whatever. And it's with Jason and Molly. Mm-hmm. And then you have Ari and Becca where he chose Becca. They were with each other engaged for a few months. And then he realized he made a mistake and got with girl number two. Point is this. After 30 seasons, it's only happened twice where that story of the guy got married, got engaged. He got with a girl or whatever. He then made the decision like, oh, I made a mistake. It's actually this other girl. And he stayed with that other girl. And now they're happily married. That yeah. to me. And that's, that's just in bachelor terms where all of the, the timeline is stunted. <laughs> bachelor terms. <laughs> so anyways, Scarlett Johansson. She's tried a couple times in this movie to get with Bradley Cooper. And then she realizes like she's not. It's just not working because he's married. And then she constantly goes back to E to like as like a shoulder to cry on kind of thing. Yeah, it's so obvious. Like whenever something doesn't work out with Bradley, the next scene is her going to get validation from E or whatever his name is. And he is just such a fucking pussy that he always like lets her in and he's like. There's scenes where he she comes in after she can't fuck Bradley Cooper and like she comes into his place and then he's like massaging her feet, giving her back massage. And it's like, dude, it's funny to think about like the lack of knowledge that he has on his end. Like he doesn't know even the backstory behind what's making her come over, which is it's just interesting to know what drives people to get that kind of attention and how people get let on for that long is usually just the other person just needing attention. Yeah. It, I see this. I feel like I've seen this a lot with dudes where you have pussy dudes who are just like, there's a girl walking all over him and he just like fucking stays in it. And it's, you're watching it from like a dude perspective and you're just like, dude, fucking open your eyes, man. You look like such a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Megan, this is where I want to transition into my Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award of this movie. Okay. I'll, give, I'll give you the nominees. And again, this is the award that goes to the character who doesn't get... He may be getting screen time, he may not, but for the most part, the biggest reason he's practice here is because you just constantly want him to be fucking doing way less. It's easy to sum it up. We just talk about practice. We sitting here, we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice, man. Practice? I mean, how silly is that? First nominee is E. Kevin Connolly. I know he's a starter in this movie. He's not really a bench guy. But he's got to be on my Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award nominee list. He fucks that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he sucks that bad. <laughs> um, other thing I wrote about him, he's a cell phone clip guy. Ooh. No I respect. It's unacceptable in 2006. It's unacceptable now. Yes. My other two nominees for the Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award, there is the guy who hits on Gigi at the bar with this clip. Uh, here is my info. Look forward to hearing from you, Susie. Oh, wait! 
so how are we doing this? Um, are you hearing from me or am I getting a call? What? You said that you'd love to call me, but then you said, look forward to hearing from you. And <laughs> yeah, that's kind of confusing. Yeah, look, we'll talk. We'll get in touch. <laughs> so, so that guy, because honestly, if you're going to have one scene in a movie, I'm always going to throw the guy in there into consideration who's just like that dude douche, just classic guy trying to fuck at a bar. Mm-hmm. He's on there. And then the second one this guy was just creepy and weird. He was at the rehearsal dinner and he was giving the speech at the rehearsal dinner. And I got to play another clip of what, just so you can get a taste of him. Now, I know I don't need to tell any of you that my cousin Paige is hot. (laughs) You know, in high school, if I told the popular guys that Paige is my cousin, it'd keep me from getting my ass kicked because no one wanted to blow their chances with her. (laughs) But, uh, you know, keep in mind that her sister Beth is uh, still on the market. I'm sure she may be an older model, but uh, she's got a lot of good miles left in that tank. <laughs> okay, so you have one starter in E and then two bench guys. Who are you going to give the biggest Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award to, Megan? I don't know. I, the, the bench guys I have a hard time with. I don't have much investment in them. I don't know a lot about them. I can't honestly blame that guy in the bar with Gigi for trying to get out of it as soon as she starts to ask more questions. Okay. And the cousin guy just sucks all around. I just feel like I have to go with E because um, I know the most about him, and it just seems like he's trying so hard, and especially with someone who's very much out of his league, ScarJo. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with him as the Ryan Phillippe practice hero. Just give it to him, because I fucking hate him so much, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he like deserves it. it. He earned it. Um, I'm glad we netted out there. I just want to pause really quick. Are there any things that like hot takes that you wanted to get on that I just like am steamrolling past. Okay. So I have a 2020 woke opinion that I just feel like I need to share. Okay. Uh, And that's that this movie, I feel like this movie like is good at explaining the pitfalls of dating and how women fall into them and, and men sometimes, but I do feel like this movie does sometimes fall onto the like blaming women for reading the signs that men have trained them to believe. Fuck, we're gonna have to get our woke badges out, aren't we? <laughs> God. All right, we'll get them out. We'll get the woke badges out. Woke police are here. Megan and I are gonna pull out our woke badges. Very short, very short lived woke badge that we're gonna pull out. I actually, I agree with you. I 100% agree because in the final scene, not to jump too far ahead, but in the final scene of this movie with Justin Long and Gigi, like in their relationship dynamic, I was thinking that a lot. Like Justin Long, why is it he made so many comments about like calling all the shots in the relationship? Like, shut up, woman. You shut up. I'll just make all the decisions as the guy. And I was thinking like, 
God. And by the way, this movie came out in 2009, but it was actually filmed in 2007. So it even, it even gets like more unwoke by two additional years. I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a little harder for this movie to get made nowadays because of that. Yeah. I feel like the, it, the, the concepts would be like largely the same now, but yeah, I do feel like actually, I know you, I assume you love Justin Long in this movie, but actually like watching it back, I was like a little bit more peeved at him throughout it because yeah, he just kind of like blamed Gigi towards the end. And I actually thought that in that last scene where she's like throwing herself on him, which is like cringeworthy. It's I, like, pathetic. It is so it, pathetic. I skipped ahead because so pathetic. Her like trying to yeah, but she actually ended up owning him in that conversation. Yeah, because this is the one thing about Gigi that I like is that even though she's desperate as fuck, she always like knows who she is throughout the movie, and she's like willing to admit where she's wrong. And I feel like she does have a lot of character, despite being kind of, like, naive when it comes to guys. She fought back pretty well to it, and I think that's why he ended up, like, pining over her towards the end. Yeah, if this movie was made now, so I don't like to get too woke about it, because this movie was made in 2007. It's just a complete, like, Twitter wasn't even around in 2007, so it's a completely different time. So what I would say, though, is there's ways to where you could show Justin Long having experience with ladies and understanding like, oh, if I'm talking to Gigi, if a guy says this to you, it's not happening. There's ways to showcase that without him being like a massive chauvinistic, like the guy makes all the decisions in this relationship. I literally dictate if this is going to move forward or not, the girl has no say whatsoever. 100%. I, I mostly agree with what Justin Long has to say, like all of his advice to Gigi. But yeah, some of the way, like how he phrased it and like how hard he went in on it was just like really harsh. <laughs> You're right. Um, there's different. That's the theme of this whole topic is there's different ways that they would and should have showcased it if this movie was made in 2020 simple as that okay let's put our woke badges away we can agree that if this movie was made now there'd be things different but let's focus more on like the rules the themes of this movie and not as much on how they're showcased because i do feel like if we go back to that it definitely like rings true on a lot of that stuff you know yeah should we just hit jennifer aniston and uh, ben affleck's relationship real quick yeah because i like their relationship a lot me too, actually. They're like, they have kind of a, like, uh, funny relation. Like, they're both funny. To me, you know, you were saying at the beginning of this podcast that every relationship dynamic is kind of covered in this movie. And for me, I personally think the Jennifer Aniston, Ben Affleck relationship is like the super committed to each other relationship, whether you're married or not, you've been together for a long time. And just the stupid shit and arguments that you get in all the time that sometimes get blown up into big things. But at the end of the day, you always come back to each other. I put them in the, in the successful 
this is a real relationship camp, even though in this movie, the whole thing is like, he won't get married to her. He won't ask her to get married or whatever. Um, Yeah. Agreed. To sum that all up, I'm just going to play one clip, which encapsulates it perfectly. Here it is. Hey, that looks straight to you. Why are you hanging that? Um, because you asked me to about three weeks ago. I'm getting around to it. Why? You don't, you don't want it here? No, I love it there, but just stop. Why? Is it the painting? Should I take it down? No, I want you to stop doing anything nice. This feels like a trick. No. No. No, I just, I just need you to stop being nice to me unless you're going to marry me after. (laughs) Is that funny? Uh, Do you think that's funny? No, I guess it's not funny. I, I swear to God, I have said that exact phrase at least 14 times in the last two and a half months alone. That is what it always feels like of like, it feels like this is a trick. That question feels like a trick. It feels like there's some subtext in there that I'm just not catching and I'm fucking an idiot. And it's something deep going on there that just like, I'm not picking up on. So I like it. Yeah. He's being like a super idiot in this movie just for like, not wanting to get married like pretending like he's against the idea of getting married which is just like I don't know I feel the same way about um, there's some people that are wired that way where they're like I just don't really want to get married but it's like you look at it from a third party perspective and you're like just Ben Affleck just marry Jennifer Aniston you guys are living together nothing will change Nothing will change when you get married. Just do it. Get over your fucking shit. Yeah, I get the perspective of like that marriage is just kind of a social construct or whatever that people have just, (laughs) I don't know, um, agreed to. Yes, some people take that stance, but I think what is more important about it is if you are fully committed to that person and you are with them a hundred percent. You live together. You're already doing everything you would be if you're married. It simply falls under the category of this is something that would make them fucking happy and is really important to them. So like, if it doesn't matter to you, Ben Affleck to get married, just just fucking do it. Who cares? (laughs) You don't care about it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what he gets wrong in this movie yeah yeah can i now transition into my mcitw now that we're on this okay okay my mcitw this week and that is the marissa cooper is the worst of the week and it is brought to you by our fine sponsors fine sponsors on this podcast wicklow where w-i-c-k-l-o-w where a be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear. Wicklowware.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 10% off your order. It's $30 on the baseball tees. $20 on the tanks. $40 on the hooded sweatshirts. Get out of some Instagram if you want all of our swag. Okay. MCITW. It goes to two people. Megan co-MCITWs on this podcast. Mm. Bradley Cooper. And 
The girl that he's with married to Jennifer Connelly. Those are the two fucking MCITW winners. I hate them both. Do you want my rationale? Yeah. I I get Bradley Cooper. I I need you to explain um, Janine a little bit. Who's Janine? <laughs> Janine is um, Jennifer Connelly. Who's that? <laughs> um. Okay. Yes. Bradley Cooper is. It's self-explanatory. He's married and fucking. Scarlett Johansson. So he gets it for just being a horrible human being. Jennifer Connelly is a little trickier. Oh, oh, by the way, and on Bradley Cooper, my stomach hurts so bad. The The biggest reason he gets it is because when he is hooking up, he's about to fuck Scarlett Johansson in his office and Jennifer Connelly comes in to like rekindle their marriage and he has fucking Scarlett Johansson just hide in the closet and then his wife comes in and she's like hey I want to rekindle the relationship so she takes off her clothes and she's wearing like this like sexy lingerie and then he's like oh fuck I don't know if we should have sex because in my head uh the side piece that I'm hooking up with is in the closet five feet away point is this he proceeds to fuck his wife in his office with his side piece hiding in the closet five feet away. And in my opinion, this humble opinion of this podcaster, Megan, that is a sociopathic move. Character is low as fuck on him. Yeah. I'd say like how I've seen this movie like maybe 50 times and that scene just continues to get worse. Like the limit does not exist on how bad that that scene was, how cringeworthy it is. Um, it kind of just makes like everyone in that situation look really pathetic. Everyone like, loses. Everyone. everyone loses. Okay, I'm gonna put my myself in the mind of Bradley Cooper. If I am fucking another chick, it's taboo. It's in the office. I'm in there, I lock the door, and then my wife comes in. 1,000%, there's no way to physically have sex once she comes in. I could see, okay, Bradley Cooper saying something like, oh, you know what? You know what would be super taboo? Jennifer Connelly, my wife. Let's go to the copier room. Oh my God, that would be so much better. Like, I could see him going along with it and then just like changing the location, like just getting it out of his office where his side piece is five feet away and then having sex with his wife to keep things going, just not there. Or just be like, hey, I'm at work. Let's save this for when we go home. I know, but (laughs) that's the easy way out to take that stance because like his relate, his marriage was on the rocks and that was like a real make it or break it moment. So like, I think he really had to, he had to convert in that moment because it's kind of like if he said that, what you're saying, it's over. He, he he had to convert on the sex. I initially said that same thing you said, but then I was like thinking like just there's no, in that moment in, in a marriage like that, that's a make or break it. He, he's got to, he cannot sidestep it. He can't. So that's why I was saying 
continue with the sex, just change locales. Literally anything. Do anything. anything. Just do anything. (laughs) Okay, can I just give, like, why Jennifer Connelly gets it, though? Yeah. Do tell. In this movie, she is just the queen of fucking subtext. And, like, I can't physically handle it. Like, all that shit in this movie that she does with the cigarette stuff, like, she blames... She projects all of her baggage and all of her shit and trust issues with Bradley Cooper and like every guy that's ever cheated on her in her entire life. She deflects and projects all of those issues into the fucking cigarette smoking in this movie. And she's always like putting it on Bradley Cooper. Are you smoking cigarettes? Like she puts all of that baggage into that. And like, I cannot handle people that fucking do that. Huh, that's interesting. It's just like my number one pet peeve, like, if something's bothering you, just fucking say it. But, like, don't transfer all of your energy and shit from everything else and put it all into this other thing. I I guess I, I get that. I've never really looked at it that way. Just say what you're feeling and what you're thinking. I don't like subtext people. Okay, yeah, so you're saying that, like, every time that she asks him if he's smoking, she's really asking, are you unfaithful in some Yes, way? yes. I never looked at it that way, but that's probably, like, the truth of it. I more looked at it like um, that was the one thing that was, like, her deal breaker, it, like, all throughout their relationship, and so... She used that, I guess, as like kind of a litmus test. And um, every time he lied about it, like that meant so much more to her than like any other shit that he was he was doing. Yeah. But I, I now that you say that, it actually does make sense that that it was kind of a that's how she was processing like his lying, his cheating. Yeah. She's a fucking ticking time bomb. I I don't like people like that. She's like a powder keg waiting to explode. So with that, we'll say Jennifer Connelly and Bradley Cooper. Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklow Air. Get fucked. Okay, should we just play another clip of some Justin Long advice? Because I like this. Okay. So he says he's going to call. But then he gives me his card, and he says... Oh, he's not interested. You don't even know if he's called. Oh, did he? No. But I honestly think he's... Okay. Gigi, he is not interested. If a guy gives you his phone number instead of taking yours, he's not interested. Oh, he took mine first, but then he gave... And also, if a guy wants to see you, believe me, he will see you. (laughs) I... I once called 55 Lauren Bells until I got the right one. That's cute. What happened? Oh, yeah, as it turns out, her ass looked really huge in the daylight. (laughs) Is it your sensitivity that makes you so popular with women? Don't call him. If a guy wants to be with you, he's not going to just let it it die. Yeah, he's not going to let it fucking die. And I, I know for a fact you and I have had that conversation yeah. multiple times <laughs> so many times 
And I, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Even it's still just a fact in 2020. I, I more take like a kind of like a backseat approach to it. And I'm more of uh, the volition that they should always come to me because I do strongly think that if the guy wants to make it happen, he will move mountains to make it happen. Now you've taken your woke badge off, though, because that's an old school way of thinking. But I like that way of thinking. It's just the truth, though. I mean, I could put myself out there and, like, make the, the moves and stuff. What's ironic about this, you saying this, is, like, you're the girl and you're a very woke 2020 girl. <laughs> right? When you say you're a woke 2020 girl. Yeah. And I'm a dude. And I, a lot of times, am unwoke as fuck. I am an unwoke as fuck, dude. And both of us are saying the exact same thing, that you would rather the guy make the first move, and I, as a guy, am saying I would rather the guy make the first move. And it's not like a woke position on it. I just feel like, for me personally... I like to be, and I don't know if this is like a dude wiring or whatever, but I want to feel like as a dude that I've like accomplished something. Like I've taken something that was like really hard to achieve or like the chips are stacked against me or whatever. And I have like made it happen through sheer gameplay or will or whatever. But like I've accomplished it. I've like succeeded in this monumentous task of getting this girl into me. And you're saying as a girl that you just want to like, you want to be like sought after. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like getting soft, sought after is more of like the safer route. Like why, why am I going to work so hard for somebody who just wants to like experience the chase? Yeah. That I'll play the chase too. Yeah. Yeah. You'll chase away. You'll just keep running. <laughs> chase. But, and that's actually, like, why, so, you know, like, Bumble is the app, the yeah. dating app. Tell the kids how you're on all the apps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on any of the apps, but I you have dabble. previously, like, sometime in life. And I've, like, really, I've tried to, like, give them a chance. It's just, like, hard for me because I do kind of take more of an approach of, like, wanting to be chased and Bumble just doesn't make it easier because um, that whole app is designed where girls have to make the first move. And a lot, not all, but a lot of the guys on Bumble and probably like a, like a bunch of other apps, but largely Bumble, um, are beta and expect the girls to do all the work. Oh, bitch dudes. <laughs> And I, that just like it just doesn't appeal to me. That's not. Yeah. It's that's really hard for me to get over. So that's why those apps don't like work out for me. That yeah, much. you don't like a bitch. You want a guy who no. takes charge. Right, and I think the attitude. <laughs> the attitude is also like, all right, if I have to make the first move, why can't this guy then like make the next move and like ask me out? That never happens. It's like the guy is so beta that he just wants me to do all the work. Yeah, you don't want a beta and, bitch. <laughs> you want a fucking alpha man. Yeah. Look, I'm with you. We agree on this. I 
I I think no matter how woke we fucking get in this society, like there are rules that I think just based on how females and dudes are wired, it's not wrong that that's the way it is. Like just let it fucking be that way. Yeah. You have to be like, uh, you don't have to give up social, like you don't have to give in to social constructs or anything. If you want to go after a guy, like, you're empowered to as a like as a girl yeah Um, that's just not my personal style yeah okay so the end of this movie i we kind of already touched on it i don't even honestly i don't even really want to get into the justin long argument with Gigi. They get into an argument. He he says to her, like, you're what the she makes a move on him. We talked about it. It was super pathetic. She like tries to make out with him. She misread all the signals. It was gross. I my stomach hurts so fucking bad. It helped. Okay. I would say a low a low moment for Gigi was when she was at the party. Oh my uh, god. At his Justin Long's party and she's First of all, she shows up alone, which is a strong move um, to do when you're not familiar with any of this dude's friends. You're eating chips in the corner by yourself, and like some oh, gay guys approach you and ask like, <laughs> who you're with or like what's going on, and you have to to convince yourself that you're there because this guy's into you, and so you end up lying to these two people and saying that you're co-hosting the party. <laughs> Fuck that noise. Fuck it. That was a low moment for Gigi. It was so pathetic. Justin Long was clearly trying to just get with another hot chick. He was playing video games with her to three in the morning, and fucking Gigi was just standing in the background eating chips, like watching them flirt with each other. It was so pathetic. Anyways, they get into this big argument. The movie crescendos where. Justin Long, who's been giving advice and he's been the friend of Gigi this whole movie, realizes at the end, like, oh, my God, this is actually my soulmate, this girl I wouldn't have even imagined. And this let's just start playing a little music. This music starts playing and then it leads to this like big crescendo ending scene where Justin Long shows up to Gigi's apartment to get her back fucking the music's playing and he's like he makes this line of like you're my exception (laughs) no 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 as a as a girl that scene meant so much to me (laughs) are you serious that to me was the reason why i know this movie is 41 percent on rotten tomatoes the whole movie was these two are really good friends there's no sexual attraction and to me the fact that they got together in the end shat in the face of the entire premise of this movie of he's just not that into you to me why not call this movie he is just that into you because the two main characters in this movie ended up fucking getting together and it turned out he is actually into her yeah, I, I agree with that, um, just on the fact that, like, I think this is what I was saying in the beginning, is, like, when you were looking at it as, like, a hierarchy totem pole of desperation, like, I just think it's, like, more of a, a random grouping of exceptions and rules, 
so about I would say like probably about half of them end up as exceptions and then about half of them end up with as roles and really like what should have happened based on the premise of this movie was that 90% of those yes. uh, relationships should have ended like, as rules because that's the rule and then only one of them like Jen Aniston and Ben Affleck yes would be the exception yes correct like that's where I go is the whole premise of this movie is the bulk of all the random chaos. Like you're talking about like relationships are like, it's not on a totem pole. It's chaos theory. It's all over the map. It's hard to predict exactly how everyone's going to go. But if you're going to choose something, choose the 90% of the rule, which is like chaos and there's not a rule. So like to me, Jennifer Aniston and Ben Affleck are, the fucking exception. It's the guy who in this movie, he wouldn't get married after seven years of being together, but all of his actions dictate that they are meant to be together. They live together. They had a perfect rapport with each other. Like they had tons of chemistry. It made all the sense in the world that they were the exception and they stayed together to your point. 50 fucking percent of these people end up together. It's like, I thought the whole premise of this movie was not that. Right. What? It kind of ruins it for itself. Like, this movie would have been probably a lot higher in ratings if it had actually followed its own rule. That bothered me. Because if the whole point is that the rule, like the rule and the exception is the whole point of this movie, how are six of the nine ending up as exceptions is my point. Scarlett Johansson, Bradley Cooper, and Jennifer Connelly are the three of the nine that end up as the rule of the nine. That bothers me. And I think that Gigi... Okay, I have a random, like, kind of argument back. Is that at some point, isn't the one that works out the exception? Like, don't you have one exception in your life? Like, everybody. Yes. They did... I mean, the writers, like, they did write in the fact that he was kind of giving her a lot more attention, like, maybe unconsciously than he realized. And that that did indicate that deep down he, like, had some feelings for her. So it's not out of nowhere. But, yeah, it seems like maybe more of, like, it, it should have just resolved into just, like, an everlasting friendship. Yeah. We're on the same page. I think we're on the same page. Uh I, I Both will of us- say, just really quickly, that that song that they played in this final scene, Somewhere Only We Know by Keen, <laughs> was like my my anthem of like 2009. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a good song for the movie to actually end on. Yeah. Um, okay, Megan, wrap this movie up. Who is your MVP of this entire film? <sighs> it's so hard. <laughs> I'd like to go with Jennifer Aniston because I feel like she throughout has a pretty good head on her shoulders. She gets exactly what she wants at the end by making compromises and like comparing herself to her bullshit sisters realizes that her whole relationship is just way more like authentic and like good for her than theirs are. So I'd say like, maybe Jen Aniston and then 
my original that I chose before we just like spent the whole episode kind of judging her is Gigi. Oh I... my god! <laughs> Stick with Jennifer Aniston, please. I but just lay it out. I like out. Gigi. I think that she like has in like a charisma throughout the movie. Like she's able to her- carry like the the main title character pretty well. Um, she's like desperate, but you she still kind of owns her shit and just is who she is. And then she ends up with the guy at the end. She's a really good actress. I will say that because honestly, yeah. I felt the whole time watching it that she was the most desperate, pathetic person ever. And that's what that character was supposed to be. It, she was supposed right. to be. I, I was thinking when I was watching, I'm like in a vacuum. She is very pretty, like very pretty. She's super attractive, like great yep. teeth, great smile. She's like very attractive. But I was so kind of like you with Justin Long in any movie he's in outside of this movie. You're just like not into it. I was not into it with her in this movie. But to me, that's a sign of she did a really good job because she you're not supposed to be into her. She's supposed to be pathetic. Yeah. And I, I think she carries the, the theme of the the movie pretty well throughout. She, like, tries to say kind of self-aware. So I appreciate that. And that's why, I don't know, I, probably Jen Aniston wins over her, to be honest. But, yeah, I'd say either of them. Let's give it to Jen Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> Who's yours? If I were giving it to anyone... I'd prob I'm I'm cool with you giving it to Jennifer Aniston or if you were going to give it to Ben Affleck just because I liked their relationship a lot. So I'm good with either of those two. You could have talked me into Justin Long. But but I'm only saying that's a very selfish. That's that's a very selfish. Like I just like to. Like him, I like to live vicariously through other people's shit. So that's the only reason I would even throw him into consideration. But I like you giving it to Jennifer Aniston. She always does the right thing. And to me, it paid off in the end for her. And so I like that. I like that the person who's got good character and always does the right thing and is in a really good relationship. I like that it worked out for her. Yes. And she was willing to put her relationship on the line and then at the end of it make compromises to get it back because she like realized what was important yeah i agree i like that i agree megan i like that mvp i think it's time that we tell those kids and you megan to tuck on in tuck on in have a really good night sleep (laughs) kids and megan Thanks for coming and on. Kids don't like don't give shitty advice to your friends. That just selfishly like affirms what's not going to happen. That was like my only tip to the kids. Yeah, don't just give the positive affirmation just because it's easier, kids. Don't do it. Have a really good night's sleep though, kids. You sleep tight and as you're sleeping tight, Megan, you are going to do Pat's sign off and you're going to tell those kids to do what? It's so simple. It's the fucking Friday Night Lights theme. Uh, (laughs) Clear eyes, full hearts, 
Do less, kids. Now say do way less. Do way less? Yeah. Do way less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.